My guest on this week's episode of Southern Search is Brett Tabke, founder and CEO of PubCon, one of the most important conference series in search marketing. Brett has been involved in the computer and technology industry for over 30 years. He started a software company for Commodore Computers back in 1984. Throughout his career, Brett has displayed an amazing ability to build communities and educational opportunities around topics related to the internet. Brett founded the Webmaster World Forum in the late 90s. Webmaster World was a place where SEOs went to learn about ranking websites and search engines before it was even called SEO and before Google was the dominant search engine. The popularity of Webmaster World led directly to Brett starting PubCon. PubCon, which started in a literal pub in London back in 2000, has grown massively. For the past 20 years, the very best presenters in the industry have appeared at conferences in Florida, Las Vegas, and Austin. Brett was awarded the 2016 Lifetime Achievement Award at the U.S. Search Awards for all his contributions to the industry. This has been an interesting year for conferences, to put it mildly. PubCon, like everyone else, had to take their conferences virtual and adapt to life during the pandemic. As vaccines are rolling out, a return to in-person conferences appears imminent. I start our conversation asking Brett about the recent past, present, and future of PubCon. Join me for a conversation with Brett Tabke, one of the really good guys in our industry. I'll ask him what makes a conference presentation great, why some presenters crash and burn. We'll reflect on 20 years of hosting PubCon, and make sure to stick around to hear Brett's all-time favorite PubCon memory. Brett Tabke, welcome to Southern Search. How are you doing? doing? Great. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I appreciate the time. So. It's it's great to have you on. It's such an interesting moment for conferences. We've got vaccinations rolling out all over the country. Um, you know, the, things are starting to open up, all, at least here in Illinois. Do you have any sense of when PubCon will be back with live in-person events? You know, we've got kind of a duality thing going on. We've got uh, half of the people are so eager to get back together. They just can't wait to see <laughs> each other. And I, hardly a day goes by when I don't get an email. Of people, when are you going to have a conference? When are you going to have a conference? You know, I'm trying to <laughs> save time. And, you know, they're just trying to ping me uh, for a date to, to pick a date. And, um <laughs> We're going to go ahead and pick dates uh, here pretty soon. Uh, first week of August for Florida. Um, it looks like we're going to be back awesome. there. Um, as we're recording this, we're waiting on uh, contracts and final ink on everything, but it's all been agreed. So we're going to do the first week uh, of August in Florida. This is a makeup conference from our conference that was postponed last spring because of COVID. So we, we are looking forward to that. Awesome. So. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, I, and I was supposed to be at that one. So I, I think I will see you in excellent, person in August. Excellent. It sounds awesome. So. Well, I, you know, it, it reflected on me. This is kind of a an open-ended question, but there may, might not be anybody who's seen as many live conference presentations <laughs> as you. Uh, you you've, been, you've had this for, for 20 years. PubCon's been doing this kind of work. I wonder if there's any sort of common thread or anything that, that makes a great conference presentation that you've seen over the course of your career? Well, you know, number one, people want actionable uh, information. And let me just preface it, preface that by saying, everybody's in the audience for a different reason. You got folks who are new, you got mm-hmm. folks who are experienced, you got folks right in the middle, like, hey, what's this guy know, or, or, or woman know? I'm gonna stop in this session. So it really depends on the audience to start with. You can have a very appropriate speaker give up and just give a knockout uh, presentation for, intro SEOs and it turns out it's all advanced people in the audience and they're not going to give it a great review. Mm. So that's the starter, knowing your audience, knowing who's in the audience, 
Um, yeah. Are you going to PubCon or are you going to the local marketing group? Are you going to the Rotary Club? Um, I've been on both sides of that. I've been at advanced SEOs and given great presentations. And then I've been totally ill-prepared. Uh, one time in Dallas, I gave a presentation to an alumni association that I thought was the computer alumni association. It turned out to be the athletic <laughs> alumni association. And I'm up there giving tips and tricks on Twitter and Facebook, and they're like, Oh, wow. What's this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So that's, right. that's number one. Knowing your audience is the biggest thing coming in the room. Uh, after that, you know, we're not talking rocket science here. Share what you know. Case studies. People love actionals, actionable stuff from your own experiences that isn't promotional. You know, people really sniff mm. out promotion anymore. Uh, they, they smell it a mile away when you start talking about, well, we did it this way and we can do it for you this way, too. You know, they, they know yeah. the difference. So that that's number one. Knowing your audience is the biggest battle. So. Well, well, interesting. And maybe you just answered this question, but I, I'm curious. You've probably watched a few people crash and burn. So you probably watched some people get up on the conference stage and it was it was not it did not go right. according to plan what are the common mistakes where people fail to, to deliver a great well, college presentation? inappropriate presentations for the audience. Uh, we've had people get up and like I said, give uh, intro level content for advanced level people and vice versa. So, so that's the biggest thing. The second biggest thing is they did their deck the night before they didn't practice it. They have no idea. And they start rambling on about, Oh, and that reminds me about this time in 1985, I did this and they ramble on about something tangent and it's not back to the core message of their uh, presentation. That's the second big thing besides knowing your audience is to practice, 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 practice. That's why people like Greg are so good at presentations as he gets so much practice in, in real life and at home. Uh, I know how long he spends on his decks prepping everyone. So he knows exactly what's, what he wants to say at every slide and how he needs to say it to, to reach people. So that's number two. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Love it. Yeah. And, and before I worked with Greg, he's one of my favorite conference presenters in the world. I wonder, are you, you, you own the conference, but I imagine you're also a fan. You also like to listen to certain speakers and presenters. Do you have uh, three, four, five people who you just, you can't wait to hear them present every year? Yeah. And the fun part is I get to make up all the sessions. So when I'm making up sessions, right. I'm going, Hey, I, yeah, Bob, you, you, you get this special spot. I'm going to come listen to you and I make sure I don't book anybody against Bob <laughs> so that I can go see him speak, you know, or her speak. So, right, right. Yeah. I'm definitely a fan. We have some people that are just amazing. Uh, probably one of the biggest revelations I ever had was, it was about 2008, 2009. We had a panel of advanced uh, PPCers. We had Frederick Valise from Google. Mm. We had somebody from Microsoft. Sure. We had Christine Churchill. And we had somebody else uh, probably from Yahoo on this panel, just, you know, senior level in their departments at the at these major search engines and agencies. And there were like 20 people in the room. And Christine is texting me, Brett, where's everybody at? I go, I don't know, Christine. I don't know what the problem is. And the session's about to start. And I go next door. And here is Rand Fishkin, just fresh out of high school. Mm. Um, Neil Patel uh, <laughs> and, and a couple other young people. And the room was absolutely packed. I mean, just they were, they were hanging uh. out the door to hang on to what these two young kids had to say about social media. And it, it was just a mind-blowing awakening to me that... 
I really need to tune in to, to what's going on on the leading edge and who's voicing that uh, leading edge appropriately. So, yeah, it's, it's every, every conference is an education. Every conference, I, I get a fresh education in yeah. who's who and what's what on topics. So. Well, that's, 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 that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love your passion for this. So, uh, you know, you've been challenged all the, all the conferences, uh, have been challenged so much in the last year and PubCon, like virtually every other conference has gone virtual. You know, I prefer in-person <laughs> events. I, I like it more for a variety yeah. of reasons, but I've been surprised. I've run into a not small number of people who go, you know, I like the virtual stuff. I'm kind of an introvert. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like just the education. I don't need to go to right. steak dinners or anything like that. I, I like the virtual stuff. Do you have, you know, I guess what's the plan for virtual conferences in the future when you can go back to in-person? Well, stuff? you know, they definitely made some inroads, uh, online education, uh, forums and, and venues and vehicles have been growing for years and years and years. You know, the, there was that uh, physics professor at Stanford who decided to put his entire course online three years ago, and they had 15,000 people sign up for that course free. It was free. He put it online. He yeah. just streamed his entire course, and it freaked out Stanford. They had no idea there was that kind of demand um, for online uh, education. And that type of thing has been growing and growing and growing throughout the education system. Now, when it comes to conferences, you know, I'm part of every meetings association and every meeting planners association, the international one, the local one, the Vegas one, the New York one. And, and we have just been bombarded with information in the last year. And by and large, the people who were traditional conferences like us and South by Southwest and uh, a bunch of the bigger ones in Vegas all agreed virtual simply wasn't a, a substitute. It, it's just not going to substitute for what people wanted to do. But we also agree that there's a certain segment, A, they can't travel, B, they want the educational aspects, they they want that little bit of networking, they wanna sit in a room and maybe, like you say, set from home and learn from somebody. Um, we've said for years, there's people who can't, can't go to Vegas to a conference, they can't go to a New York conference, but they'll drive across town to see a conference. And that's kind of why we started our Austin mm -hmm. conference was just to give people an opportunity in Austin to go over, uh, come to a conference without spending a whole day out of the office on travel, then an, another day coming back, and then three days out of the office at a conference. Um, so there are those people who love that aspect of, hey, I'm at home, I'll tune in when I wanna tune in. Right. But the reality is, you know, there was a major conference, I'm not going to call them out, a major marketing conference that had 4,000 people signed up for it, registered online, paid a couple hundred bucks a piece, and they had less than 900 people actually watch any of it, any of it. 4,000 people wow. had 900 show. And every conference I've talked to virtually has said similar things, that the sign-up rates are huge, nobody shows up, nobody sets through it, nobody sticks through it. Uh, we had a conference we had 900 people signed up for, and by the last session, we had less than 100 there. And that wasn't cheap. It wow. wasn't cheap. So there's, there's a big variety coming at us of what's going to happen going forward. Personally, I think uh, virtual conferences are going to take a hit. We're going to see a lot of the virtual platforms that have launched. They're going to go by the wayside. But there's going to be a few. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a few, like uh, maybe Riverside.fm sticks it out. Maybe this Hoppin sticks it out. Um, there's kind of a room, I think, for a hybrid model where we broadcast yeah. the actual conference and let people tune into that so they get their educational part, they get their other part. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to morph. It's going to change. But there's going to be no massive, 
you know, upheaval of, well, we're all going virtual now. That's not going to happen. There's still the value of the networking, the in-person, the glad handing, you know, so. I agree. I mean, I like all of it. And some of the performance is lost too, I think, in the virtual. Like when they're on a stage and they can, yeah, you see you see Greg pacing back and forth or Will Reynolds pacing back and forth. It's, it's, a, it's a performance. It's really more engaging. Exactly. Um, well, I, I wanted to make sure I touched on this too. PubCon had two, I don't know if the, I'm using the right terminology here, but I would call them two niche conferences and, and maybe more, two that, that were on my radar. One was about local, one was about e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are the plans for these sort of nicheified conferences moving forward? Will we continue to see this play out more, maybe a whole paid track or uh, or something like that, or, or is this something that was sort of a, a COVID specialty that, that we may not see any longer? Well, that was in the virtual space, and going forward, like I, I think we're going to play with this hybrid model, and when we're looking at something like a, like a local track, we're going to do it as, as a track um, instead of just a standalone conference. Uh, I, I think what we learned was there is value in the niche, you know, that that's, we kept going after all these different little verticals, the e-commerce vertical, the, the local search vertical. I, I think there's growth there that nobody's addressing right now. You know, uh, 2009, 2010, there was a guy named Aaron Kalo who put out a series of conferences where he'd have a different conference almost every other week in a major city and he'd attract 50 to 100 mm-hmm. people. And then he, all of a sudden he had this massive conference in San Diego where all these people that had been to these local niche conferences suddenly showed up at his at his huge annual. Ah. Out of nowhere he built this thing in less than a year's time. Uh, it really taught me that there's value in those verticals, so we're definitely going to uh, feed and care for those verticals. Um, our, I, I tried it like 10 years ago. We tried having each track we treated it as a conference, like so. Instead of the affiliate track, we had the affiliate conference at PubCon. That didn't work so well, but I like this idea of uh, doing a hybrid where we broadcast the conference as well, um, give the people at home an opportunity to, you know, see people like Greg that they wouldn't normally get to see. So, definitely going forward, we're gonna, we're going to talk to these niches a bit more. So, all right, and Greg is going to be tickled that he's been mentioned this much in, <laughs> in this discussion. Uh, well, well, here, here's one thing I, I wanted to make sure I did. Congratulations to you. It's 20 years is no small feat in, in my career, which is not even 20 years old now. I've seen conferences come and go. We used to have SES here yeah. in Chicago. That's no longer a, a thing. Uh, as you think about PubCon, you know, what, what do you think separated you? What do you think was the big differentiator between PubCon and some of these conferences that have gone by the right. wayside? Well, we grew out of Webmaster World, which was community, and it was networking, right. and people got to know one another. In fact, the original PubCon was a group of Webmaster World moderators getting together in London at, at a pub, and that's where the name comes from, PubCon. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the biggest thing, networking, and we've always focused on that. We've always had the, the bar event at the end, you know, people get together and talk, and we've always emphasized that networking throughout the show. So now we've got people who've known each other for 20 years deep friends and they, that friendship for better or for worse grew out of PubCon and it was associated with PubCon and well I want to service that friendship I go to PubCon I don't go to SES New York I go to PubCon and, and so that networking and you know it, it goes back even farther than that more like 35 40 years when I was running bulletin board systems and I started learning 
go to one bulletin board system, there'd be 100 new posts a day. You go to another one, and there would be one a week. And I couldn't figure out what mm -hmm. the difference was. And the difference was the guy running the, the one bulletin board system would get everybody together and talk, and he would interact, and he, he would build this community. So when I started Webmaster World, I really wanted to, to grow the community from the get-go. I, I knew everybody had to be connected. And once we started on PubCon, it was like, okay, we just keep everybody together, go forward. This is our niche. We're talking search. We're talking affiliate marketing. We're talking local search. Let's keep going together. And that's the biggest thing that differentiated is where other, other conferences, you know, they were put together. Well, let's make some money. Like, let's sell big tickets. Yeah. Let's be big. Sure. Let's get the corporates in here. Let's get Google, Yahoo, all of that in here and, and let's make some money. And it just doesn't resonate with people long-term. No. I think I think that's I think that's the impression I have of PubCon too. It's exactly how you described it. Um, I, I love the the pub story too. That's perfect for this show with the the beer drinking. Um, <laughs> oh, so one one last thing. Twenty years. As you reflect, do you have an all time favorite PubCon memory? Do you have a memory that just stands out as being an all timer? Probably PubCon, Florida. It, it's it's just legendary. Um, it was two months after the Florida update, which I named the Florida update. And I knew a guy in college whose name was Florida, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's 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 how we came up with the Florida <laughs> update name. Uh, and we went down to Florida, and I went down. This was our first major conference. Matt Cutts was coming down. Dan Boberg from Yahoo was coming down. Uh and I didn't know that much about conferencing. I'd been involved a little bit in it, but being the guy that picks a venue, picks all this, the AV, all that, that wasn't me. That's, this was the first time that, that I had an opportunity to do that. And so we went and looked at a hotel, and they took me into this hotel, and they put me up in these nice suites, brand new suites, you know, multi-bedrooms, just super nice. And the rest of the hotel was shut off because it was being renovated. Well, we go back down six months later to see this hotel, and they had not renovated anything. The only thing they'd renovated were these four suites up front. <laughs> they'd run out of money or something, and the rest of the hotel was still in its 1940s glory. Uh, so, so it was a dive from the get-go. But it turned oh, out to be one of the best conferences and most memorable conferences for anybody who attended it. Uh, and, in fact, uh, the last day we were there, we were out, and the next people to come in were – the uh florida swingers association <laughs> oh my god true story true story so, oh so here are all these webmasters sitting around this is not this is not like the swing dance swingers the way i think of it right? okay it's so like we're sitting around the lobby yeah. a bunch of geeky webmasters and here are all these three-fourths <laughs> naked women walking through the lobby <laughs> and to this day anybody who was at this conference still talks about it as as legendary and this was still oh, back in the day before anybody knew that Matt Cutts was Google guy on Webmaster World. Right. So uh, the Florida one will always stand out as uh, the most memorable of them. <laughs> that in New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. Well, that's that's amazing. Hey, last question for you. you know, when we get back to conferences, you know, this is probably one of the longest periods you've gone without – like. Being able to see live conferences and hear, you know, what's what's new and and going on in search. Uh, what topics are you 
jonesing to hear somebody present on? Is it Core Web Vitals? What, what are the topics that you just can't wait to hear? Yeah, we're gonna, one of these talented speakers. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about everything that's topical, like Core Web Vitals, of course, and the changes in local uh, Google My Business, the massive changes in Google My Business in the last year. Um, you can't even hardly make a presentation on Google My Business because the week later it's it's something new. You know, it's not even applicable. What you just made up a deck for. Um, so yeah, we'll talk topical, and then we're going to talk about all the changes we see due to COVID. Um, the way people interact with the web, the, their expectations, um, the video. You know, a year and a half ago, there was a guy. Uh, on the BBC who was interviewed, a British ambassador, I believe. And he was being interviewed and his kid, his toddler wanders in. If you remember seeing that video, a toddler wanders in behind him. He's at home doing a video recording. That got 300,000 shares on Facebook. Today, if my kid wandered in here, he'd be like, oh, hi, hi, nice to meet you, you know, (laughs) going back over there. And nobody would say a thing about it. Our perceptions have changed dramatically Uh about what is good quality, what quality is, authenticity um the political environment has changed in 90 degrees and people want to talk about these topics i know they do because i'm taking a few speaker pitches right now and i'm getting all kinds of stuff like that so we're going to talk about very much the the changes that have gone on in search and uh what do we think where do we think they're going you know google's up against it they got their nose in uh multi-state antitrust investigation uh, lawsuits uh, they got i've seen you tweeting about this yeah, yeah. So, so so there's going to be some changes coming what does that mean for google can they continue to drive the market with core web vitals which is uh, as far as i can tell way out of their their lane they're they're definitely not staying in their lane by trying to dictate core web vitals uh what happened to the w3c what happened to all of that uh, cooperative uh, we used to have so i think there's some stuff people are just dying to talk about that have happened in the last year uh, that you just won't find online so wow, that's awesome well since you brought it up i have a question that uh my staff would like to know tips for a good proposal. So if you want to speak at PubCon, what are you guys looking for in these pitches for anybody who's right. watching? You know, I get that question almost every interview. And, and I, I figured and, you and right. I always yeah. fumble it. I fumble <laughs> it. Every time I fumble it. Uh, speak from your experience, number one. What, what have you learned? Uh, how did you learn it? Share as much information as you can. Now, there's the flip side of that. You know, I mentioned New Orleans a bit ago. Uh, that was truly an education for me. We had a speaker get up and give a great case study on a client and talk kind of disparagingly about the client, the mistakes the client had made and problems. They wouldn't listen to him, da, da, da. Well, it turned out the client was in the audience. <laughs> Literally, I get, a, I, I get a phone call an hour later from a lawyer saying, how come you're letting this guy on stage and he's speaking for you? So you got to be oh, careful when no. you do case studies. So case studies are great, but make sure you have approval from all sides and it's non-promotional. So that's number one. Number two, you know, authenticity. People can tell if you went out and read a story on the web and are trying to regurgitate that into a PowerPoint. Um, we all know there's a few people in our space here in search that basically do that. They go read a blog post and they put together a PowerPoint and, Hey, you know, this is all my stuff. Well, no, it wasn't. You read it on, on Jim's blog. So authenticity, number two, and you know, number three, the big one that we're really kind of bumping into the last three, four years 
is put a presentation online, throw it on YouTube, you know, let us see it on there. It used to be we wanted to see the deck up, you know, up on SlideShare. That's not so important anymore. We, we'd just soon see uh, some video live that you've put out there at another conference. So authenticity is the biggest bottom line, I think. All right. Well, Brett, you're one of the really good guys in search. I appreciate you coming on. How do people reach you? How do people reach you if they'd like to do Hubcon.com. All kinds of contact info on there. So. Do, do you have a favorite social media? Are you LinkedIn, Twitter, or anything? Uh, I think our Facebook group is where we uh, hang out the best. You know, I, I'm a reluctant Twitter user again, you know, after a five-year <laughs> break, I think. So, but. All right. Well, awesome. Well, Brett, I'm going to sign off with a virtual cheers. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Brett. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Hope to see you in uh, in Florida here coming up soon. And hopefully Vegas this fall. So we're working on that as well. So. Uh-huh. All right. right, Thank you, guys. All right. Sign off. Until next week, we'll be back with Suds and Search. 